0: Welcome to Whatever the Case, Stryker's official ASC podcast, which features interviews with leading experts in the ASC space, focused on the clinical, operational, and financial considerations that go into ASC ownership. We hope to bring you valuable perspectives and insights to enhance your understanding of the ASC market, because whatever the case, we've got you covered. We are really excited to be joined today by Dr. Joshua Green on the topic of ASC ownership for new grads. Dr. Green, thanks for being here. Before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Of course. Well, thanks for having me. I think this is a great topic, and I'm excited to um, you know go through all of this with you. I currently um, am an otolaryngologist, also known uh, as an ear, nose, and throat doctor. I practice outside Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, I've been practicing for about six years, and I have been operating in an ASC since the beginning of that practice, but I've been an owner in an ASC for about five years.
0: Excellent. Well, as a relatively new grad, we're looking forward to hearing what you have to say on the topic. You and I had discussed how as an ENT, about 80% of your patients are ASC candidates, reserving the hospital for the remaining 20% who are considered complex or have comorbidities that require that setting. So knowing that such a large percentage of your practice can be done in an ASC, tell us how much you knew about ASC ownership when you came out of training.
1: This is, I think, the crux of, of the whole issue here or the opportunity that really does exist. There's a steep learning curve when you first come out of training. For many of us, The greatest surprise really is not a lack of clinical or surgical knowledge, but rather how little we know about the business of medicine. Now, whether it's knowing how to code or bill, or even kind of all the way to the nuances of setting up a practice. At the time of leaving residency, when it came to ASCs, I knew very, very little other than that they were meant for simpler outpatient cases compared to what a hospital OR provides. I had no idea whatsoever of the multitude of economic and patient benefits that the ASC does have over the hospital OR. And even at a greater degree, I had no idea that physician can be a part owner of an ASC. So even looking back right now, I would say I knew pretty much nothing of value about ASCs when I graduated, and I am very comfortable and confident to say that that is very standard and common right now for new grads coming out of training. Mm
0: -hmm. Thanks for sharing all of that, Dr. Green, and I appreciate the humility, and I even remember hearing you tell a story about how you entered into practice and didn't realize that your partners operated or let alone were owners of an ASC. So how'd that happen and and how'd you go about learning more?
1: Yeah, so that was one of those didn't really even see it coming type of situations where, you know, I first began to learn about the idea of other offerings that an ASC has, um, just probably within several months after I joined my practice out of residency. we just didn't really talk about it. And I was already operating there, but just was unbeknownst to me over any of these specifics. Now my partners were invested um, in an ASC at this time. And, you know, we didn't really talk about it, like I was saying, and it wasn't because they were trying to be secretive, but rather I believe and actually found out later on that they thought I knew a lot more about it than I really did. And Little did they know at the time. I, I really knew nothing, um, and so this specific ASC does require new surgeons uh, to operate at the facility for some time before they would even consider a share offering. So at the time, they also didn't really discuss specifics because they knew that I wasn't going to be offered, you know, in the near future. Now, in short time, I did become begin to learn more about it after. I started to spend more time with my partners and at the ASC. And it really came down to just asking a lot of questions. Um, with each kind of piece of knowledge, my questions got to be more specific. Throughout all of that, my interest then grew with it. So by the time I was actually offered to invest in the ASC, I felt like I did know enough to feel comfortable about that investment.
0: Okay. So Definitely agree, you know, a good first step is understanding that all ASCs have an investment opportunity tied to them. Um, And I think it's really great that you took it upon yourself to ask all of those questions and really uncover that information that you needed to know. Um, And, you know, really, once you understood all of that, what factors did you personally consider to ensure that ASC ownership was right for you?
1: I think first and foremost, most physicians come out of training feeling very ill-equipped to handle the business medicine, as I was saying earlier. And I do believe this is partially due to the underlying concept of medicine being centered around treating patients as it should. But often, the business aspect is falsely viewed as as a dishonest topic that taints the purity of the ideal. uh, But we all know that that's not the case. And we do need to understand all aspects beyond just the clinical care surrounding a patient. And additionally, since many of us train at large academic centers, our faculty mentors may know very little because they are salaried or have minimal say in their compensation structure. So they don't have much to be able to offer us anyways in this topic. So, in that vein, I do feel that residents and fellows do have to take it upon themselves to learn the business side of medicine, and that includes the aspect of an ASC. Now, when considering whether an ASC ownership is right for them, I do believe they first need to identify that even if there's even an option for an ASC. Um, while ASCs are commonplace, they are not universally found in all areas of the country, so. Step one really is is determining, do you have an option of an ASC even at all? And then from that point, a graduate would have to determine if they are in a specialty that actually utilizes an ASC. So specialties like mine and ENT, the majority of our surgical cases are involving low risk, short duration, outpatient surgery. Well, you have transplant surgeons, they're not going to ever be able to use an ASC. So it would be pointless for that fellow to really be looking into this topic. Next, they need to consider whether they plan on practicing at a specific location for a while. Um, and then last, I think they need to consider the financial investment. Now, many surgeons come out of training in significant debt. On top of this, you know there are often large life purchases that have been put on hold up to this point. So when you add this up, this is a lot to consider financially, and some might not want all the risk at that one time. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: I think those are a few really great things to consider. Um, And, you know, once you've answered yes to those questions, you know, how did you go about becoming an owner?
1: So each ASC will differ on this topic. I am unaware of any that allow a surgeon to invest before actually performing cases there. Now, the specific exact requirements do vary greatly uh, among different ASCs. They probably will have some version of either that you need to perform a specific number of cases or that you have been operating there for a specific duration of time before this topic of investment even starts going forward. And then what is growing in popularity, and I think for for good reasons, is that many ASCs today have a quality component, meaning they will review your patient satisfaction scores or outcomes of those cases that you initially do perform at the ASC. And taking all of these pieces of information together, the investment offering is going to be then discussed and eventually hopefully agreed upon by whatever leadership or board structure that is at that ASC prior to you being officially asked to invest.
0: So aside from, you know, delivering a high quality outcome, a great patient experience, and some of those other quantitative factors, how can you market yourself to be a desirable partner?
1: or a 20-year veteran surgeon, but to that ASC, you're new to them. So meaning the number and type of cases you bring matter. How you conduct yourself in the OR matters. Even how you treat the nurses, the techs, the staff, all matters there. So you need to show that you are someone that they want to develop a long-term relationship with And with the idea of working with you for many years.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I appreciate you touching on, you know, some of those things outside of just, you know, bringing volume into the center. Um, So thanks for sharing that. Now. Dr. Green, you're employed by a large health system, and I think there are some misconceptions that if you're employed by a health system, that you can't be an owner in an ASC. Which you know that's clearly not the case. So, can you talk about different options available to physicians?
1: Definitely. So, yeah, I've heard you know this same kind of talk track, um, and there are probably many reasons why that's still circulated. I think for the most part in the past, large healthcare systems stayed clear from being involved with ASCs and thus having their docs or okaying with their docs doing that. And, you know, I think, you know, the idea at that time was new. um, And we all know how fast large health systems can adjust. Um, But more likely, in terms of insurance reimbursement, the economic benefit to a hospital system is greater when cases are performed in the OR rather than the ASC. And I think this has been a a movement that has started for some time and really gained traction now in large part due to the changing of the surgeon's preference. So we as surgeons see the benefit and the efficiency that an ASC has over a hospital OR, let alone the economic incentive. So, as, as we flock or are trying to join ASCs, these large systems would rather participate in an ASC than you, lose you all together. You know, it's, it's better to have a piece of the pie uh, than none of it at all, even if the piece is smaller. So when they're trying to recruit or keep surgeons, this is going to be just one of those factors that they have to be on board with or, or have an opportunity to if they want you to be in their system or, or be employed by them. Of course, the old, more historic way of thinking it would be that independent you know, operating private practice surgeon. And that surgeon has the same opportunities at the same ASC. So for example, my ASC does have a uh, partial ownership structure with uh, the large health system. And the surgeons that go there are a mixture of employed by the health system, but also private practice um, surgeons from the community or even large private groups in the community. So it, there's really not as many of these you know, restrictions that either once was there or was thought to be present in today's, you know, healthcare system.
0: And, you know, we always say that at at striker, you know, that if you've seen one ASC, you've seen one ASC. So, understanding that there are a ton of nuances in how ASCs are structured, managed, operate, how all of your agreements are structured, things like that. You know, can you just touch high level on how physicians generally make money once they are an owner?
1: Yes, yeah, so as you're alluding to, I mean, if there if again, it sounds like a common thread when we talk about you know, how these vary so much. There, there is a lot of variability between ASCs, but there are those common themes that permeate between all of them. And so usually you are buying shares um, of the ASC on an initial offering, and then many will offer you the potential to buy more with a certain amount of time or other criteria that is met. Uh, disbursements are typically made, uh, quarterly. And so they reflect really, um, the financials of that period of time leading up to that quarterly disbursement. Often I, I get kind of questions of like, where, where actually is this money coming from? So no matter where you would operate, whether that is in a hospital or an ASC, the surgeon fee is the surgeon fee. So when a patient has an operation, and then uh, bills are generated from that, there are typically three fees associated. And there's the surgeon fee for what we did, the anesthesia fee, and the facility fee. And the facility fee is is really going to, you know, where that was done to pay for, you know, equipment, uh, nurses, scrubs, you know, the building itself and, and such. And so that is what typically the surgeons invested in ASC are getting a percentage of is that change of the facility being the hospital versus going to the ASC. And um, depending on, again, the structure of that ASC, that's where that extra money is being partitioned from.
0: Okay, great. Well, thanks for that information. Um, And if we think about, you know, some of the positives you've mentioned already regarding ASC ownership, I mean, what are some benefits that we haven't touched on yet?
1: I think first and foremost, this is a great option for our patients. Compared to when I use use the hospital OR, I can perform almost twice as many cases in the same given period of time. Even when I'm performing the exact same type of surgery, the efficiency in the ASC is unparalleled. Now, in today's age, when ORs are still not running at full capacity due to not having enough scrubs or nurses, the time that you do have being able to operate is very valuable. So even in addition to this, for many of the surgeries, it is cheaper for the patient to have it done in ASC over the hospital OR due to that difference in reimbursement between the two. And you take this entire thing under the idea that there is no compromise in my patient's care or surgical outcomes. As we shift over to how some of the extra benefits for me personally, you know, I believe that the role of a surgeon involvement in the operating and management of an ASC is vital. As more of the healthcare system is being run by non-medical personnel, being a part owner of an ASC does keep more medical care being run by the people in medicine who practice medicine physician owners in an ASC are, are really able to grow and adjust much quicker and in tune with the market since we are currently the market now the financial return it provides me of course is another important benefit but beyond that actual absolute, absolute dollar amount having this additional revenue source has allowed me to really just change the way I practice. I don't need to see as many patients as humanly possible, which now affords me more time with each patient in general. Uh, colleagues you know, in, in private practice also report that they don't really have to fret as much over some of the rising practice costs and overhead since they have this Extra money that is coming in to help su- subsidize some of these changes there. Um, and again, because 100% of my take home money does not rely on my pras- practice itself, I'm able to go at the pace that I want to and really have a job that's better suited for me. And, and then my translates to my patients and then just the whole work environment as well. I definitely know that this has helped me and, you know, my colleagues combat things such as burnout to be able to have some of this flexibility and reassurances.
0: So I've heard you touch on a lot of different things, you know, rising costs of practicing medicine, supply costs, burnout, you know, all of these things that are really commonplace in healthcare today. Um, When we think about those things, plus some of the positive evolutions in healthcare, what role do you think the ASC will play in the future?
1: I mean, I think this podcast speaks for itself. I mean, we're at a point right now where there's enough interest that we are even talking about something like an ASC that would have been unheard of in, in probably just, you know, less than five years ago. So I really think that they will continue to play a significant role in medicine moving forward. Now, there are those specialties that have long been in ASCs, you know, such like ENT, as I just said, or ophthalmology or even plastic surgery. But now we have a lot of new specialties that are shifting a significant amount of their volume to an ASC. I mean, like take something like orthopedic surgery, for an example. In the past, all joint replacement had to be done in the hospital. And the majority of those patients even required inpatient admission following their surgery. Now with you know the evolution of the surgery itself, whether using a robot or, or other advancements, these surgeries can and are being done in an outpatient, which then makes it conducive for an ASC. And then also with Medicare's inpatient only lists continuing to go through, you know, revisions and alterations, I think that we'll start seeing even more types of cases being approved for an ASC and thus being shifted to an ASC. And, you know, as we were touched upon a little bit earlier the fact that major hospital systems and healthcare systems are beginning to invest in this space, this will then allow more support from that level for their surgeons to be in an ASC, and which would then continue to have this shift from one side of service to another.
0: Honestly, Dr. Green, thanks for everything you've shared thus far. This really has been informational. Um, So if we could get one parting thought from you, just kind of looking back at your journey to ASC ownership, can you share with us, you know, anything that you would have done differently or maybe things that you wish you had known sooner?
1: Yeah. So uh, I've been involved intimately with two different ASCs. Um, The first one that um, I was operating at was because my partners had been part-time owners there for about 20 years. And as a young surgeon who had little to no knowledge or experience with ASCs, I just kind of followed their lead. Now, while it was a good investment when they first began there decades ago, over time, it was just not as successful. Um, my partners knew this, but it was comfortable for them. And they were at a point where their careers were, they didn't really want a lot of change. And for me, it was still better than having you know no opportunity like this at all. Now, after a couple of years, we hired a new partner who actually knew a lot about the ASCs in the area. So, through him, we um, actually found a different one that was much better for our practice. Um, That being said, this is not just about knowing and trying to get involved in any old ASC. I don't want that to be the sole takeaway from this podcast. Often there are several in a specific area. So, I implore you to do your research, and evaluate all of them before deciding which one to pursue. As long as an ASC has space for you, they will all entertain and discuss their specific ASC with you. So I encourage everyone to take the time and do that homework and go through that process. Now, kind of just in general, you know, having a podcast centered on this topic is an incredible move forward across the board by the time hopefully somebody listens to this, I I know that they will be light years ahead of me when I graduated. ASCs have been a great option for my patients. And I really do believe that they would be for many surgeons out there. And, you know, I think it's, it's an important step of evolution within our healthcare system. And it's just been a pleasure to be able to talk about that today.
0: Wonderful. Well, Dr. Green, again, we cannot thank you enough um, for sharing your perspectives on this hugely valuable topic. And um, we really appreciate your time. Dr. Joshua Green is a paid consultant of Stryker. His viewpoints expressed in this podcast are his own and do not necessarily reflect those of Stryker. To learn more about Stryker's ASC business, visit striker.com ASC.